Hi, this is Prophet Terry. Come experience the new you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Hallelujah, hallelujah, glory. We welcome the word of the Lord in the house this morning. Hallelujah. The light of my life. Hallelujah. With him I shall never be in darkness. Glory. Speak to us, Lord. Hallelujah. Matabakasi. I feel a special brightness, or I see a special. It's like it's lighter this morning. Glory, hallelujah. Mm-hmm. The Lord is looking for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. Come out of the forest, Adam and Eve. The Lord has given us salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Of course, the next verse says, and if we know that he hears us, then we have whatever we ask of him. That if we ask anything according to his will, let's get that one out of the way real quick. That means there are some things that might not be the best for us. His will is what? To take care of you. His will is to make sure you don't marry the wrong person. His will is that you don't take the wrong job. His will is that you don't go to the wrong church. Isn't that amazing? You never really thought much about his will, did you? You thought his will, this is what God wants, don't matter what I want. But his will is to love you. His will is to see you prosper. His will is to see you blessed. His will is to see you're not abused. His will is to see you're not beaten up. His will is to see you arrive safe. That's his will. His will that you don't drive off a cliff. That's his will. That's why he didn't give you a Ferrari, because he knows you've got a heavy foot. Paul would say it this way, my will is to get you safely to the kingdom of heaven. The Lord would say the same thing. That's God's will. His will is that you be healthy. Hallelujah. And if you're a child, you know, you can't give a child a handful of money, you know. When the child grows up, you can give them a handful of money. But as long as the child's a child, you can't give them a handful of money. Hmm? Because they're going to spend it all on candy. And then they ain't going to have no teeth. (laughs) Hallelujah. Or 
It could be beer in a bar fight, but the end result is no teeth. God cares about your teeth. I think Josanne told you to smile this morning, but you know, God cares about your teeth so you can smile. <laughs> Hallelujah, glory. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. King James would just say this is the confidence we have in God. But I like the word approach because um, approach means the rehearsal that we do before we ask somebody something. Yes? Now, you would think, you would think a husband and a wife, you know, that they would not approach each other. But approach could mean somebody you don't know very good or it could mean somebody you do know very good yes and sometimes you know you're, you're approaching uh, you know there's things that I would know about my wife that, that I would just speak and there's other things I would approach her <laughs> the subject matter I would approach anybody know what I'm talking about all right so this is the confidence I have in approaching you know, approaching doesn't always mean that you don't know the person. It could mean that, but it doesn't always mean that. But it just means the confidence you have in approaching. And what is the confidence you have in approaching God today? Hmm? What, what talk did you give yourself before you approached God? Hmm? Now, some of you ladies, before you go out on a date, you, you approach the mirror before you approach the date, right? Mm. Mm. Yanti said men too. Um, and, and I would suppose men would do that too, you know. Yes, yes, yes. Sir. You know, you're trying to build yourself up, right? True, you're trying to build yourself up. <laughs> Prophet has big ears. When he wants to have big ears. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you build yourself up to approach. But we do the same thing with God. You know, so in our confidence to approach God, we build ourselves up. But our confidence is not in God. And that's what the King James would say. So I like that version too. But I like the word approach. But approach doesn't always mean that you don't know the person. But when we say approach, I think that makes it a little bit more clear that there's a ways that we approach God. But we don't approach God as if he loves us. We approach as though we have to sell ourselves to God. Yeah. And especially if we're of a Pentecostal nature. Well, even if we're evangelical, we approach God by adequate. In the Pentecostal church, we, we approach God by screaming. Hallelujah! Yeah. Uh, 
when we get out of the car, we put our, our, our hallelujah on. Uh, yes? See, well, some of you don't know, see, I have a window. I watch you get out of the car. And, and all this stuff, you know, we're ready to go to church now. We're going to approach God. We're going to get our blessing today. I'm kidding about the window thing. Well, actually, I have a window, but I don't. But, but we do that, right? And so we, we, we come into the house and we act like we're not, you know, lustful after something. Mm. Lord, I just want you this morning. And God says, I ain't worried about this morning. What you want tonight? <laughs> We have confidence that he hears us, right? Here's the thing. God hears everything. So when it, when it says, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So what we must understand is that, that God doesn't just hear. And sometimes I think we honestly believe this. We think unless we say it in the right way, unless our prayer is, um, you know, uh, good English or good Spanish, whichever the occasion may be, unless we present it in a good way, he doesn't hear us. I didn't hear you. Uh, if you don't think God is that good at hearing, why you always repent for those little thoughts you have? You know he hears everything. Hmm? So there's something being applied here. It says, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. That, that statement, he hears us, is the same thing as he answers us. Because we know he hears everything. Right? He hears everything, so we know that. So he answers us. And then the, the continuation or the next verse goes on to actually say that. That, you know, that we receive whatever. So we know that he answers us. And so the real problem is not that he hears us. The real problem is, is he paying any attention to our request or what we desire of him? But this confidence that we have is us selling ourselves as this good Christian. You know, we put on the proper clothes. You know, every church has its own stigma of, what it, of how it sees God. Or even if we pray at home, we, we fix ourselves to approach God. But all of this is to sell ourselves. As if though God is going to answer your prayer just because you put clean clothes on this morning. And ladies, it took more than a yard to make the clothes. So we thank God... Unless, you know, some of us think, Mike may think we have a sexy God, so we think sexiness, you know. Sometimes that's the confidence that we may have approaching a female or a man that we're sexy. The more sexy we are, the less the quality of who we are. So this whole thing of approaching with confidence, whether it's to get a new job, whether it's to get a new husband or a new wife, I don't know what you did with the old one. This confidence that you have, you know, to get a loan at the bank. Huh? You know, some people dress nicer to go to the bank and they do church. 
Uh, one day you're going to forget who you are. You're going you're gonna to totally forget who you are. Huh? You're going to carry your nightclub approach to church. <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot where I'm at. Uh, yes. See, there's, there's two reasons why I don't have an outside woman. One is I like the inside one. The second reason is I know my stupidness. So unless I can find somebody else named Janice and look like Janice, I know me. I gonna mess up, you know. Uh, I will wear the wrong confidence to the wrong house. <laughs> so I gain the whole world but forfeit my soul because I forget who I am because I have all these approaches. Huh? Right? And what happens when I meet my nightclub partner with somebody that goes to my church? And they're both, let's say we're in the grocery store, and they're both on the same aisle. My, my approach is confused. So I try to back it up before anybody sees me, you know. Because it's, it's the way we approach. So our nightclub buddies, we try to approach them like we're cool. Yes. Our banker, we try to approach him as if, as if though we we're an entrepreneur. <laughs> and we don't have manure, let alone entrepreneur. So we, we, we're always selling ourselves in our approaching. But I think that's where we mess up. That's where we mess up. Because our confidence is supposed to be in God, not in ourselves, to appeal to God. Our confidence is supposed to be in who He is. And not who we are. Or how deserving we are. Hmm? Our Sunday's best. is okay to wear our Sunday's best. You shouldn't wear it to the nightclub. Our Sunday's best. Should just be that. Which God has blessed us with. But it shouldn't be in some attempt to sell ourselves to God. As if though the angels don't know who we are. So, we try to approach God with all this confidence rather than having confidence in God. We put the confidence in our approach, but not our confidence in God. Huh? We come to church and we try to put our whole heart into church as we should. But here's the thing about whole heart. Now, in a Pentecostal church or a spirit-filled church, we might put that approach in, 
you know, we, we're shouting, we're bold, you know. We come boldly before the Lord. And it was almost like this is part of our approach. We come boldly, God, you said you'd do this. And, but a lot of times it comes off more rude and demanding than actually faith. Or the scripture says in the violet, you know, take it by force. And so we, we, we come, come through the doors, slamming the doors open, say, God, I want. That's not what that means there, you know. So, you know, you got to go, go back out and come in with another disguise. This is your humble servant. <laughs> and I know most of you, you've tried everything in the world. Now, first thing has got to be according to his will. But remember, his will is just to keep you safe. But we, we try all kinds of approaches to God rather than just be real. So we'll come bold and shouting and shouting hallelujah and screaming and doing all these things, you know. And so likewise, when I was a new preacher, you know, that, that seemed like the thing to do it. You know, you, you do this. I'd see other people doing it, especially as you get into Pentecostal arenas, you see them getting loud and boisterous and speaking in tongues and you just it, it's almost like you're trying to impress God so this thing happens and you're trying to work yourself up, up in all these emotions and and you know I, I've seen worshipers you know they get to dancing and I love dancing I even like jumping up in dancing but sometimes your jumping is not in time if your jumping is not in time then it's fake. You're not being real before God. Uh, because Christ comes at the right time, musicians. I don't, I don't know if I'm talking to anybody this morning. Ne next thing I'm going to know, uh, Carrie's going to say, did I hit her wrong note? What did I do? You know? <laughs> to the extent, oh no, oh no. Oh no, that was 6-8. That was 4-4. Four, four. It's like... <laughs> See, the enemy is always attacking you, you know. When you think you're doing your best, but that, that's the big problem. Quit trying to do your best and just be real. Just be real before God. So, so we, we would do all these things. So as a young preacher, you could do that, you know, you'd, and you'd think, all right. You know, I never got to the place where I just knocked people out, you know. But, you know, you, you go through the land on the hands and these things, and I, listen the anointing works. So you don't have to clobber them, you know. It just works. You know, you, you don't have to, you know. Now, granted, some people need a little push because they need a push about everything. So you end up being this pastor. You, you, you push them to fall down. You push them to give a tithe. You push them to praise God. You push them. I ain't pushing nobody to do nothing. Because if you don't, give freely. If you don't worship freely, then it is not free. You are charging God. Mm -hmm. But what I've learned in, in all the madness that I've seen ministers do, and this is not discrediting any ministers. This is just, I'm just talking about my journey, my journey of faith. I realize 
you know, all this, the noise and all of this and, and all the emotions. And we try to work ourselves into this, this emotion with all of our heart. And we think the more we scream, the more heart we got. Right? And, and, we, and, and don't, don't hear me wrong this morning. There's nothing wrong with noise. If it's real, it's real. I'm just talking about when it's not timely and when it's, when it's overkill. And I'm talking about the concept when we think that that is faith. We think, and, and many times ministers do this, we think that if we scream loud enough, then we will have confidence. And in, in a little ways, it does work because when you put everything into it, maybe you forget that you don't really believe. But that's more amnesia than faith. That's more amnesia than faith. So, so hear me this morning. Nothing wrong with noise. Got no problem with it. Got no problem with joy, got no problem with laughter, got no problem with the tongues, got no problem with any of that. I'm just saying when our mindset is believing that if I do this, I'm half confidence with God. Rather than believing you're just putting on a show. Huh? Because you think when you you think when you're in the in the store by the butcher that if you get if you talk rough you're gonna get the best piece of meat in the in the shop you know but one day you're gonna forget that you're not at the butcher you're in church huh? one day the wrong you is gonna come out you know You're going to be split into multiple personalities because none of them are real. It's just something that you do to get your way. And none of that is faith. You say, if I do this, or if I use my wisdom, if I do this, I do this, I'm going to get my way. One day you're going to forget who you are. And you're going to use the wrong way. So, so I realized through it all... You know, and sometimes the, the, you know, sometimes even in church, sometimes you, you're feeling all this emotion and all this love. But where is God? Sometimes you can feel all this love and compassion and all this, these feelings. But where is God? You say God is there. Well, where's the men and the women that you poured all that love on that you thought you was in love? Where are they at today? If God was in that. So it says that there is an emotional place that is of the world. It says there is a shouting and a, a I, I got confidence. You got confidence in your showmanship that God is paying attention to you. But do you have confidence in God? With that all being said, it, it, it's like this. My confidence in God does not come from my ability. It doesn't come from my performance. It comes from that interaction that I have with him. Amen. Hopefully, Amen. ratherly constant. Amen. But it, 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 it's, it's, that, it's that little, Lord, are you here? It's that, Lord, 
Is this the direction to go in? And nobody can see that. That's where my confidence is at. My confidence is in Him. My confidence is even when the musicians are off key. And I'm not saying you was off key this morning. <laughs> don't, don't feel guilty. One thing I've learned in life, I'm not going to let nobody feel guilty. If you accuse me, I'm going to go to God. I don't judge myself, and I don't let nobody else judge me. He is my judge. He's my only judge. But what I'm saying, if, if it is off key, then that, okay, oh, God ain't coming today, you know. Huh? No, it's in trouble times. I realize I have the same confidence as I have in good times. See, confidence in God is this interaction with Him. And the spirit of the world is always attacking my confidence. Always saying I'm not worthy. Always saying I'm not able. Always saying, you know, my motive is wrong. Hmm? See, I thank God he moved in my life the way he did. Because from very early, I began to work in the healing ministry without all. I am not against all because sometimes we might need a tangible thing. Sometimes we use all in the prayer rooms. We have a rule. There's all in the prayer rooms. I think there's all in the prayer rooms, right? Only if we feel led by God to use it. Ah. I never will forget. I was at a church one night. Everybody, everybody was getting healed in that service. And all at once out of the back room, they walk out with this big gallon jug of olive oil. I said, there's no way we're going to use that oil tonight. That's the problem with this church. You're trusting in that oil and you're not trusting in God. Hmm? Some of you, you're bathing yourself in oil. Huh. Huh. Hmm? Listen, the oil don't work if you don't work. Hmm. Hmm. You must have faith in God. And we are full of all these little religious things that we do in church. And all we're doing is selling ourselves. All we're doing is trying to put on a better approach. Huh? A better approach. And we learned that in school. We see a little boy or a little girl that we like. And, and we try to figure out how to approach them and, and how to talk to them. Yes? And then if our... If our lyrics are not right, we walk away and say, I'm so stupid. What's wrong with me? Or we get in front of me. It's amazing how stupid lust is. We get in and you can't talk. Huh? And you walk away beating yourself up. Huh? Don't you realize you're not real? Don't you realize that you made that other person more valuable than you? Don't you realize you made life a game and you ain't trusting God at all? Huh? 
And sometimes in your prayer life, you're mumbling, you're doing all kinds of things. You're speaking in tongues for a moment. You learn some Greek words. You start to speak in Greek. You know, you speak in Arabic. You'll do anything. You know, if the name Jesus don't work, you use the Yahshua or Jireh or Yahweh or anyway. Hello, I speak English, and the English way of saying Jesus is Jesus. Hello. And if I get his name a little off, I don't care. I get your name a little off sometimes. But I know he loves me. I know he loves me. So here's what we do. To get confidence, we try to put all our heart into it. We try to be people that, uh, that we're not. Huh? Ladies, we try to be so neat. And this is men too. But, you know, I have been around a lot of women and, and it's just it's spooky. Because when, when I was a little boy, you know, there was, I had three brothers. We lived way back in the country, miles from anybody. So we didn't have many girl specimens around except Bessie. So growing up, you always thought that girls were a little better than you, you know. Until I got to know some little girls. Oh, Tabasata. Hell comes in beauty, you know. And then I had a daughter. The enlightenment of my life. She could put on the style. But her closet was a pig style. She could put on the style. But her room. You had to wear a gas mask to go into that room. <laughs> I, I'm sure men do that too, but... Uh, but if you are looking for a wife, stay away from the neat ones. Because nobody is neat all the time. Uh, hello, I have that experience. I'm not saying all, I'm just saying it's the probability. But the real point is the illustration of this message of how we try to sell ourselves. So we give, we put all our heart into it. We go out on the first date, we put all our heart into it. We go to a, um, you know, for a job interview, we put all our heart into it. We go to the bank, we put all our heart into it. We go before the judge, we put all our heart into it. We go to church, we put all our heart into it. But all of your heart is not confidence in God. The fact that you put all your heart into it says 
that you're just lying and putting on a show before God. Now, the Bible says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. But, prophet, I thought you said don't do it with all your heart. But look at the scripture. Work at it with all your heart as working unto the Lord. Do it for the Lord. And love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love God with all your heart. And that doesn't mean... As a show. But what we do is we put all our heart into the approaching, not into the loving. Hmm? Yeah. It's, it's kind of like the word obsession or obsessed. Obsession will always feel rejected because obsession always wants more. And obsession says that you do not believe in the first place. You have to pour on the power to get it. And the phony thing we do in church is we pour on the power to get it. But we don't have confidence in God. Confidence in God that, yes, I mess up. Confidence in God is, yes, I'm not always where I should be. Confidence in God. I'm not always as selfless as I need to be. But my confidence is not in me pleasing God. My confidence in, in my confidence is in God that He loves me just as I am. And with His patience, I am getting better. Because <laughs> you see, some of us don't know how to get prayers answered. And the truth is, there's really no way to get prayers answered. I saw you take your pencil. I thought you was going to write this down. But it's his choice. But here's the thing about getting God, because he already hears you. The thing about getting him to answer you, first of all, is maybe ask something that is maybe good for you or good for somebody. But the next thing is, is when you ask him, you must believe that he loves you and that he loves to give good gifts and he wants to see you healed. He wants to see you blessed. He wants to see you smiling. Somehow or another, we have lost that fact. I, I don't know if it's been preachings over the generations that we think it's all about what God wants and it's just we've, we've, we've taken away his love when in reality, he took time out to die to save us so his will is that we would be blessed in life. Amen. And that we would just give him the glory for that. And nobody else the glory for it. Huh? If you get a new car, you've got to give somebody. You've got to give credit to somebody. You can never get a new car and not give credit to somebody. Somebody you will give praise to. And basically there's two choices. You either give praise to the world including yourself or a buddy or somebody else, or you give praise to God. That's why it's important to give God praise and thanks. Because you don't ever get anything good without crediting somebody. Actually, you don't ever get anything bad without crediting somebody. Because uh, sometimes God gets more blame 
from us, then he gets praise from us. But the reality, God is not stopping you from being blessed. It's your own clumsiness, incapabilities, irresponsibilities. Check all them words out in the dictionary. It has nothing to do with God. It has everything to do with you. But it says if we humble ourselves, he will exalt us. You know, we, we act religious, you know, everywhere we go. People don't even like us because we're religious. Now, granted, if you really walk in anointing, there's going to be people that don't like you. But there's going to be a lot of people that are drawn to you. Sometimes there's a reason why people don't like you because your religiousness is, ha, ah, stinks. Because you think you're better than everybody. Huh? The only difference between you and the people that you're judging is you, you just think you got one pulled over on God. Because when you do start to change, you don't judge people. Because you know you was there. Mm. The Lord reminded me just now. Somebody was talking to me the other night. And he was talking about, um, I don't know. We got, somehow another got on the subject. We was just passing. Somehow got on the subject of drawing people. You know, you know we would draw people. And out of my mouth... I spoke these words that I knew was not mine. And I said, you know, drawing people is not always about the gospel. We think if we act religious enough, we're going to draw people. Huh? Religion didn't save us. Love saved us. Forgiveness saved us. You, you think you've got to preach to somebody violently and, and proclaim, you know, I am deaconess this and I am prophet so-and-so and I am pastor so-and-so. Come follow me. I'll make you the fisherman of something. If the anointing is in you, you don't even have to tell nobody you belong to Jesus. They're just going to follow you. Now, I'm not saying be ashamed of the name. And I'm not saying don't say the name. Right? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the anointing don't just work because you mentioned Hebrew chapter 3, <laughs> verse 5, 6, and 7. Huh? So you could go around quoting scriptures trying to convince everybody you're a nice person. Just because you quote scriptures, don't convince, you know, I mean, you got to be kind of dorky if you if you just following somebody because they quote a scripture, but you don't feel no love in their in their in their spirit. If you don't feel no joy in their spirit, because when God is real, you're real, and we're not really real until He's inside of us.
Confidence in God is not a show. It's really believing it. And here's the thing. The enemy is always going to attack you. First John also says that if, if our heart does not condemn us, that we have confidence before God and in God. But here's the thing. Our heart and the world is always judging us. The enemy is always against. And guess what? That attacks my faith. Here's something you may not know. Doubts attacks your faith. Doubt attacks your confidence. The more you entertain doubt, you don't even realize it. Your level of faith drops. The more you entertain worry, the more you entertain worry, the more your faith drops. You don't feel your faith dropping, but the fact that you're entertaining that doubt, your faith, your confidence in God drops. Now, when you get to church, you put your Sunday best on or what have you, you get your hallelujah out on, and you get your church face on, and you try to push it up there, but God knows it ain't up there. The devil knows it's not up there. That's why you shouldn't entertain worries because the thing about entertaining worries is you're diminishing your faith and your confidence in God. Huh? The enemy is constantly attacking you. That your motive is not right. It's attacking you that you don't spend enough time in God. So what do we end up doing? In God's presence, we feeling bad because we don't spend time in God's presence. When you come in God's presence, some of you this morning, you're feeling bad because you ain't spending time in God's presence. I mean, you see the man one day a week and you're still going to throw pity on him. <laughs> yes. It's, it's like you're driving a car, your new car, and you bounce somebody because you wasn't watching. Uh, and they're sitting there laid out on the asphalt, on the pitch, you know, all bruised up, bleeding. And you get out of the car, and you're feeling sorry for yourself and your bumper. Because if I go to work now, people's not going to think I'm successful because you did in my bumper. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> See, you're laughing, but let's, let's, let's get deeper. Huh? You do something wrong. You need to repent. You need to say you're sorry. But no, you're feeling sorry for yourself. Maybe you did some stupidness this week. And you see the man one day a week. For your romantic obsessed, I'm not talking about a real date. I'm talking about coming to church and seeing Jesus one day a week. And you're going to sit in his presence.
you cheat on your boyfriend. And your boyfriend finds out. And you want him to comfort you because you feel bad. Let me say that again. You cheat on your boyfriend. You cheat on your girlfriend. You get caught. They're the ones that spoke. This is their time to feel bad because they caught you. But no. I feel bad. Some of you don't want to think about this because you might be guilty, you know. Maybe it's in your relationship. Maybe it's in your marriage. Yes. Maybe one person in the marriage spent too much money on something that was not considered anywhere near a necessity. And the other one finds out, I feel bad. I feel bad. Huh? Or you counselors, you're in the prayer room. And somebody's just messed up and they say something to you. I feel bad. <laughs> Confidence in God is where you rise above your feelings. And you rise above other people's feelings. And you put God first. And others second. So when I come to church, my confidence is in God. My confidence is not in I was a good person all week. And my confidence is not I got new shoes on or a new church outfit. My confidence is not in the way I sung this morning. My confidence is not in the way I preached this morning. My confidence is not in the way I danced. My confidence is not in the way I shouted hallelujah. My confidence is not in that. Huh? Yes? Hmm? Now, just for a bit of humor, I love Pentecostal churches. Yes? Because you can have some serious fun in Pentecostal churches. And God is not against fun. But I've seen individuals, you know, the worship is wild and crazy. And, and sometimes the spirit is touching people. And sometimes they hang around, you know, after worship is done. When the pastor or the preacher comes out, right? Now, I don't know what happened this morning now. So don't go assuming nothing. <laughs> See? See, that's the way of our conscience. When somebody says something, you assume they're talking about you. But, but I've seen people, you know, they get touched by the Spirit. Everybody sits down. They've got their backside right towards the people. All right. For a few minutes, they're crying, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. But 40 minutes later, they ain't making no noises. Backside still towards the congregation. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm trying to feel humble. <laughs> I want everybody to know I'm humble. <laughs> Ta -ta -ba 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 -ba. Hmm? So, 
30-something years of ministry, you see some strange things in the, in the house of God, you know. And especially in Pentecostal churches. Because it, it seems there's this open door for us to try to have confidence. And even in evangelical churches, you find the same stiff-necked thing or this, this, this adequate you walk with. You know, you, know you, you just go to an evangelical church in Trinidad. And you will forget you in Trinidad. They've lost their Trinidad accent. They got some kind of God accent. <laughs> Have you ever met somebody from your church outside? You don't recognize them in many different ways. The way they dress, the way they're talking, their stance, everything. (laughs) Everybody's got a clone. And then, you know, over the years, we've had a few people that that's come to church and they forgot they was in church. They put on their barroom fight face or whatever, and they wanted to make a show in church. See, there's only one you. Live with it. Put your confidence in God and be who you are. Don't try to impress people. Don't even try to impress me. Don't try to impress me by quoting some scripture you don't even know. <laughs> ah. Hello. You are who you are. I am who I am. And we're all in need of God's mercy. Huh? And we've all been given a measure of faith by God and only by God. If you want to have confidence in God, you've got to forget yourself. Stop the show. Stop the candle lighting. Stop the all bathing. All that stuff that you do to try to show God you love him. Don't you know he knows? Have confidence in the cross. Have confidence That he so loves you. Hmm? That he so loves you. I know he hears me. I know he loves me. I know his will. Is for me to have a blessed life. An honorable life. A successful life. And that I would give him the glory and the praise. For all the new trinkets and the old trinkets. Or anything else that, that I would get in life. Or anything else that I might accomplish in life. Because you've got to give praise to something or someone. Yes. And if you give praise to yourself, it's like giving it to the world. It's like giving him to the world. Now, maybe in your heart, you don't have all that praise for God. Just give him what you have. Maybe in your heart, you don't have all that dance for God. Give him what you have. God would rather see you dance once a year than trying to do something when your heart is not in it and your confidence is not in God. You're just trying to do it to be accepted by God and accepted by people. 
That's not confidence. Confidence in God will always give you confidence in yourself. Because I don't have to be perfect. I just got to be me. I just got to be real. And I got to believe in the love that I have for God and the love that he has for me. And I know his love is far greater than mine. That's confidence. That's a little real, isn't it? Everybody got quiet. I don't know if I'm a real person. I don't know if I want to be real. I don't know if I want a real. I just want a husband. I just want a car. I just want a job. I don't know if I want to be real. Being honest is being real. Uh, It takes God to make a believer out of you. Hmm? Do you know when you believe in God, you don't believe in him with pure heart? You believe in God with Christ's heart. He gives you the heart to believe in him. Hmm? Hmm? Yes. See, the the physical heart, my mother, my father, and who knows who else gave me that heart. There's nothing in that heart that wants to trust in God or believe in God or preach the gospel. No, it's his heart. Hmm? It's his heart. You know sometimes, you know this world is dangerous. You know why the world's dangerous? Not because of bandits. This world is dangerous because you can go out and fall in love with somebody and totally mess up your life. Hmm? Yes? See, some of you are looking over your shoulder for the wrong enemy. Huh? The bandit's not going to change your heart. But who you fellowship with and who you fall in love with could destroy your life. Uh, uh, you need to pepper spray some of them false lovers. Uh, that's the thing. It, would you agree? Huh? Okay, you get robbed. All right. You might get a lick or two. But hey, you, you get over that. But all this... Foolish romance and then looking for a lover, that stuff will kill you. <laughs> Be on your guard. Watch and pray. Uh, see, the bandit, you will recognize them by their, their knife or their gun or, or, or something. Well, forget the mask, you know, we're all bandits these days. But how do you recognize a bad lover? (laughs) After they've taken your life away. Or maybe there's another way to recognize bad lovers. Uh, It's their approach. It's their approach. It's their approach. And if everybody wants the dog you want, run. It's the approach. 
It's, it's the way they sell themselves. Uh, real things are not so attractive. They're just real. When anything seems to be too real and seems to be overkill, it's because it's a show. It's a cover-up. Uh, it's a cover-up. It's like walking into a house that you're going to buy and you smell paint. Too much paint. Uh, and if, if you want to sell money on, save, on, on selling your house, just buy you a couple paints, a couple bucket of paints, sit it in the room, take the top off, leave it overnight, next morning come back, get your paint, take it back to the paint store and say it's the wrong color. As long as people walk in and smell it, new paint is a... <gasps> Mmm, fresh paint. And you ain't even paying no attention to the walls are dirty. This smell. Mmm. Huh? You know, some people are like that, you know. Smells like fresh paint or whale vomit or something like that. I'm talking about perfume. Do you know perfumes made out of whale vomit? A lot of perfumes made out of whale vomit. But we just, we just bathe ourselves in whale vomit and we say, hmm. That's right up there with all the soap. Most of it is made out of deadly animal fat. And so, oh, I'm getting myself clean. You're rubbing a dead horse all over your skin. And not a new horse. I'm talking about an old horse. Check it out. The truth has always been right there on Google, just as the truth is always there in the Bible. And just because you don't read it don't mean it's not so. Confidence in the God in God, you it, it, it's just like a real person. There's not as much show. And somebody that has confidence in God, they there's not to show that they just they just more real. They just more real. Wow. Yes, they just more real. You, they don't have their preacher voice on all the time. Well, actually, they do because you begin to be real at what you do. And if the spirit wants to increase, he increases. If he doesn't, he doesn't. But what we do is we like to. Put on a show and pray that God comes into our show rather than wait on God and have confidence in him. That's why any of us in this room can reach God today. He could speak to any of us today, not based upon any show, but based upon how true you are. And I'm not talking about the true when you say, <laughs> poor old me. <laughs> poor old you deserves to die. <laughs> you know you ain't no saint. Quit lying to yourself. <laughs> Why is my life like this? What did I do? Hello. You can tell me you forgot what you did, but you didn't forget what you did. You know there's nothing good in you. 
You know there's many reasons why your life is messed up right now. See, that's not the real I'm talking about. The real I'm talking about is not the show. Oh, it's not the show. You know people do that in church, in Pentecostal churches. They always try to get my attention. You've got the ones that like to say, Hallelujah, preach it, preach it, preach it, preach it. <laughs> you got the one that says, Oh. <laughs> and then you got the one somewhere in the middle of the back. Sometimes they get on the front row. And... Yeah, man, preachers fall for all these dummies. Ain't none of them been real. Huh? Like standing in a bank line. And you're trying to do everything to move up to the front of the line. You showing leg, you showing anything. You do anything to advance. Except be real and trust God's favor. Huh? Trust him. Trust God's love, not your showmanship. Trust God's love. Lord, speak to us. Just be real. Lord, speak to us. He speaks to anybody he wants to in this house. He might speak to someone that's praying a lot. He might speak to someone that's not praying much. He might even speak to somebody you've been hurting about something. You ain't even been praying, but he decides to have mercy on you. Why? Because he hears all your words. Don't ask for a serpent when you want to fish. And you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Speak to us, Lord. Mm. But he has heard all your prayers. But there's a time for everything. Now have confidence in God. Some of you, you wait until I say, Lord, speak to us. And then you start repenting. <laughs> Listen, you find more liars in church than anywhere, you know. Because outside, we ain't pretending to be anything, you know. Unless we're at the bank law office or on a date or something like that. The only thing, thing that competes with the lies in the church is the first date. Some of you act like you ain't had no first date. You know what I'm talking about. 
your mama wouldn't recognize you. So that might compete with the lies that are in church. But here's the thing. God loves you. You just got to believe it. And the more you believe it, the more you believe it. And the more you believe it, the more you change. And the change is not artificial. The change is not fake. The change is real. God wants to change your life. But first you've got to be real. Because first we've got to find out what we need to change. And as long as you lie about what needs to change, you can't change. Don't that make sense? You have to learn to be honest with God. So I've realized over the years, no, no matter how awesome a service is, when I go home, God is not impressed. <laughs> but it's cool that way. It's nice that way. You don't have to be successful to be loved. Learn that and you'll be successful. May the 14th. Who knows May the 14th? May the 14th. That's a few days ago. That's you? That's your birthday. Stand up. May the 14th. That was your birthday. How was your birthday? Amen. Many days ago, month. It was bittersweet. Bittersweet. So how was it bittersweet? I was fixing my car the whole day. Fixing your car the whole day. Mm -hmm. Did you get fixed? Mm, somewhat. Somewhat. Is it fixed now? It has some more things to be done. So was God with you? All the time. Wow, that sounds like a pretty special day. You and God working on a car. Every day is unique. And if you accept the fact that you have who knows how many thousands of people has the same birthday as you. <laughs> Once you accept that, your birthday will always be nice. <laughs> See, sometimes you get up in the morning and days don't go the way you want them to go. But if you have faith, they'll go the way God wants them to go. And sometimes working on a car and you know, spending a whole day doing that. You know, we have ideas that sound great. And sometimes we, we, we don't understand how this is great, but sometimes it's who you spend the day with. And once you learn to appreciate spending the day with God, it's amazing how many things begin to change. That's true. Mm -hmm. So you spent the day... You worked on the car yourself, or you watched somebody else work on it? Um, I, I watched a guy. I was helping him, and he was fixing it. All right, so you, you was helping. All right. So I'm not saying that guy was Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is the other one. And I was actually heading to um, 
Freeport that morning to collect parts for the vehicle. I'm gonna reach by Mausica lights. The cars had to make some funny noise. So I literally, no lie, heard the Lord say, swing right, swing right. And I swing right. And I end up by um, a parts place that I know a few people by. And the guy was like, well, we don't normally have that part, but we go look. And he find the part. And he said, well, I can fix it for you one time. Wow. And he fixed it. And then we had other little things to tweak in the car and we were driving up and down trying to get it done. And I get, I get, I get the main problem that would have mashed up my engine. I got that fixed. Amen. Amen. And because, and because it was my birthday, the, the part was five hundred dollars. They gave me it for four. And he was going to charge me one fifty to change it. He charged me a hundred. So I, I, I got fever that day, regardless of. It's starting not the way I wanted it to start. You, you got more than favor. And then the evening, then the evening I sell Polari and I make back $400. Ooh. So. <laughs> See, it's hard to find God with a good car. only got the car like two days prior to that and the guy who gave me the car he said everything fixed man the mechanic fixed everything nothing wrong with the car and since i got the car it's just like i fixing every since that day i got the car literally fixing things since that day since the 12th i got the guy in 12th and since that day i have been fixing problem after problem on the car right. so that day i was just kind of emotional that it was my birthday and i had to be fixing all right car. now watch this right if you'd had a new car, you wouldn't have had that encounter with God. Amen. If everything was fixed on the car, and maybe they thought it was fixed on the car, you would have given thanks to that. The fact that you had trouble and the fact that the Lord told you where to go and the fact that you found favor at a place that typically you don't have the part and all of that favor... And even when you come back, not that you really had to sell Polori to get it back. God has many ways, but he lets you get it back. Mm -hmm. This is all about a relationship with you and God. Amen. Nobody else. Amen. You see, you found favor here and there. Sometimes we want to give favor to man, but this is about a, a journey with you and God. And that is more vital than a new car. Right? Now, it doesn't mean that life's going to keep going that way. I just want you to see God in that. Because once you learn to have peace in an old car, then when you get the new car, it's going to begin to doubt in your mind that God is with you in that new car as well. It's all a journey. Mm -hmm. huh? And yes, I can prophesy on your new car. Amen. <laughs> But I need you to see the beauty of that day. I need you to see that. Daughter, if I hadn't had many days like that, I wouldn't be standing here today. That's my confidence in God. And I'm not prophesying this on everybody. I'm just saying these things probably already happen in your life. Mm -hmm. Just life does it. 
And it's not that God does it to you. He didn't mess up your car. It's not that he does it, but he's with you in those places. And that's where you really begin to have confidence with God when there's nobody else in the car. It's just you and God. And mm -hmm. You have nowhere else to have confidence. And, and sometimes you, you, you hear a voice and you're not even 100% sure it's God, but then it, it, it works out and you, then you know it's God. Yeah. See, that's part of your journey. This is, this is, see, we can take things the wrong way. See, the enemy says, hmm, look, your life ain't going nowhere. Look what you did on your birthday. You just worked on a car all day long with your birthday. And then you had to work and make up the money. That's what the enemy wants to tell you. But the enemy is a liar. Once you begin to have this confidence in God, then problems in business, problems in higher places, you know the confidence that you have with God. Tell me. Oh, God, Lord, forgive me. Yesterday, I was driving this lady to Cuba, right? This lovely lady named Marva. And we were talking in the car about one of my clans who I haven't spoken to in a long time. And I told him how I said, one of these days I'll go and look for the clan. But lo and behold, came back home, dropped her home. When I reached home, phone ring. The same clan he was talking about. Call. And she was like, no longer I ain't see you. I need a wax. And she came home by me that same evening. I'm not looking for anything. The wax only cost like $230. Pull up money and she handed it in my hand and I opened the money a thousand dollars in my hand. Right. We're not talking about waxing a car. We're talking about waxing a person. Waxing a person. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. I'm old school. I'm sorry. You know, this is, this is waxing buff. You know, I don't know if it... <laughs> Go ahead. If you can't have fun in church week, can you have fun? <laughs> so you got blessed out of it? Yes. Amen. So you need more business? Yes. All right. Done. Amen. Amen. Let me say that you love to talk, you know. You like to talk. Sometimes I think you like for me to call you just so you can talk, you know. You love to talk, you know. Just, but just this, when I come to church this morning, Susan, tell them I stand by you because you're going to receive a blessing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Look at that. I stand up here for two minutes this morning because she said, when you come to church, you get blessing. So I want to receive that same blessing. But she did. Uh-huh. She needs a wax. <laughs> <laughs> A wax and a buff. <laughs> See, you, you love to talk. Listen. God never gets tired of hearing you. Amen. Talk to the Lord. Yes. Amen. Amen. You're blessed. Thank you. Glenn is saying, I got to pay for this. <laughs> Yeah, prophet. Um, May the fourteenth is um, I have it here on my calendar. The day, the last day for my um, solo check. When you get your license, you have to fly for your solo days. check. That's plane license, right? Yeah, yeah. Say that again. So May the fourteenth was the last day for me to fly before 
I have to get checked again. Yeah. So I was trying to, to fly before that, but it passed. So it didn't happen. Yeah. So you got to fly again. I got to go and get an instructor now to check me so I could be solo again. All right. All right. Mm. You got to get an instructor so you can do solo? Yeah, the instructor. <laughs> yeah, he will have I'm sorry. That's just funny in my head. Solo usually means by yourself. So you got to get an instructor so you can be by yourself. Yeah, he would check me, and then uh -huh. he would say, you are clear to play uh -huh. alone. <laughs> you stop worrying about that. God got all that covered. In a flash, in a twinkle of an eye. Uh, that is not a big deal to do, right? Again... It seems like the message here, again, sometimes the Lord lets you go through things so that you develop faith in him, not lose faith. Sometimes we go through things and we lose faith in him and we turn back to the world. We need to know that the Lord can take us through things. Sometimes when we feel broken, alone, and solo in life, he's our greatest instructor. You might need an instructor for the plane, but he's the solo instructor of my life and of your life. You trust him. Yes? So when are you going to try to do that? You gonna get an instructor here in Trinidad? Or you? Yeah, we'll have to get an instructor here. When you gonna try to do that? Well, mm -hmm. as soon as I get the license from Barbados. But remember, um, I have gotten a um, stood up for a prophecy a couple Sundays ago that the money to get the license was locked. But I got the money now, so I just have to pay for it. Okay. And then as soon as they send the license, all right. Then then all right. All right. Something's going to happen before the end of this month. Yes. Lord, hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> I receive that. Yes, Lord. Because I keep hearing the Lord say June, and I know he's not talking about next June. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So this June, and there's not many more days. Amen. Have faith. Something's going to happen. Amen. You're going you're gonna to see God is for you. Yes, Lord. Amen. That's when faith matures is when we... It's when we fight that good fight of faith and we just keep believing. No, God is with me. God is with me. And sometimes we just need the attitude like with that. We just, you're on the wrong side of the track. You know, you, you just, you, you're not looking at what you're going through. And you don't realize that this is a God day. How many of you know you have God days? You have days. God days are not always picnics, you know. God days is that day when it looks like the enemy was trying to mash you up any way he could. But God. <clears throat> and don't take that as God's weakness. That's not God's weakness. That's God saying, hey, I am with you. Right? I am with you. But sometimes we don't see God when it's all good. We see him in some of these storms in life. But you, it's a God day. Huh? And a God day sometimes is more powerful. Don't hear me wrong. Sometimes it's more powerful than your church day. 
Because you go to church and you might not receive much, or you may hear, and the God day may confirm what you've heard in church. But you have these God days when, you know, the enemy is against you, but he can't touch you. Everything. God is just, and you begin to hear that voice, and you're not sure if it's God or not, but you follow the voice, and then you find out it's true, so you realize, hey, that was God speaking to me. See, it's very, it's very important that you have these God days and that you don't see them the wrong way. Hmm? Glory is coming. Amen. Prosperity is coming. Blessings are coming. Hmm? But if it hadn't been for these God days in my life, I would not be who I am today. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Who needs a word from the Lord today? Travail, travail, travail. That's that's a name. That's a name too. Travail, travail, or something like that. Who knows a name by that name? You know a name by that name? Who's that? Mm. Prophet. That's one of the names of the security guards are arrested. Many more prophets. Say that again. That's one of the names of the security guards are arrested. Many more. <laughs> I knew to stay away from you. <laughs> That's the name of the security guard that arrested you in the mall. Okay, all right. Huh? As one of you, do you remember the other one's names? One of them was Grace, and one of them was Grace. All right, go ahead. <laughs> that was Grace. And one is Travail. You know what Travail means? No. It's like a woman travailing in pain. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Where did your mama get you? <laughs> My real concern is why you're remembering their names, you know. I, I know why you're remembering their names. I don't know if you know why you're remembering their names. Uh, some people remember people's names so they can get back at them or hold a grudge against them. But God is reminding you of their names so you can forgive them. Because they was doing their job when you was ditching school. Grace and travail. And Michael too, prophet. Michael and Michael too. Michael the archangel was there. <laughs> you just described the book of Revelation chapter 12. And there was a war in heaven. <laughs> Only this time it was at the mall. Oh, was you with him? No. So you know a travail? Who's that? That's Ruffet, um, a boy from my primary school. A boy from where? My primary school. Private school, okay. Primary school. Primary school, all right. Is that a friend of yours? Yes, prophet. He in my secondary school now, but you don't speak to me. He don't what? He don't speak to me. He don't speak to you. Yes, prophet. Well, that sounds like he's not a friend. 
Although I have some friends I wish didn't speak to me, but. <laughs> At least not so much, you know. Uh huh. Imagine the two of you sitting together this morning. I'm travailing right now. Mm -hmm. So why is he not talking to you? But I don't know. I try speaking to Somebody him. lied on you. Somebody told him something about you. That's not true. That's why he's not speaking to you. Mm -hmm. Is this the uh, pretty good young man? He don't get into trouble, does he? No, Prophet. Huh? No. He's good like you? <laughs> All right. Mm -hmm. Let the Lord work his magic. Uh, he'll start talking to you. The truth will come out. Yes. You need to forgive them, don't you? What? They was doing their job. They was working for God. They was working for me. They was working for your mother. They was working for all the people in your life you would have mistreated. Because God caught you now because he loves you now. Because mm -hmm. you, you learn a valuable lesson in that. Yes. And this is for all young people. Sometimes we get something in our head that's just not, it's not God, it's not human. It, it, it's just, it's fantasy. And that makes us do crazy things. Because hmm? I'm convinced you have a good heart. You just let some dope get in your head. <laughs> And you're not even smoking. <laughs> you forgive them, yes? Grace and Travail and Michael. <laughs> he's what? Yes, he's an angel of war. Listen, if you don't forgive him, yes, you're going to meet Satan, the policeman. And I'm not speaking against the police. I'm just saying they's better, you know. God is trying to show you something and change your life. Hmm? And he's not so bad. No, he just roughed you up a little bit trying to scare you. Hmm? I wish he had. Huh? I, I wish he had. You remember when I had those handcuffs and I was putting it on some of y'all? See, that was a sign, dummy. <laughs> I wish he had to put you in handcuffs hmm? and flatten your nose up against the wall. Because <laughs> there's consequences. But let me tell you something about Michael. Uh, 
Michael might have loved you more than the rest of them. Because mm. mm. sometimes you have to be rough with somebody so they'll change their lives. You don't worry about whether or not if they like you. Michael ain't worried about whether or not if you like him. He just wants to make you think a little bit before you do something else like that. Make sure you forgive them. Yes, or you won't have no milk money. Yes, forgive. Because God knows you don't like to forgive. Forgive. Mm? In fact, you've had some little thoughts in your head what you're going to do to them one day. Uh, one thought is when you get bigger, what you're going to do with Michael. Tell me it ain't true. It's true, ain't it? You're holding a grudge. See, I meant this is kind of it's a little bit funny, and that's why that's what God that's God's love. He always throws some humor into the correction just so we know he still loves us. But travail, grace, and Michael, that's a sign all by itself. And the Lord says, You you know, you you, you sit and entertain how you're gonna get even. You better change your mind. Because you're gonna be fighting with God. Now, as much as we can make fun about the name Michael, hmm. you never know. You might have actually run into Michael. Michael, the archangel, is not easy, you know. He works for God and nobody else. Forgive and take your warning seriously. Yes? Hmm? I love you. I get rough sometimes too, don't I? I ever remind you of Michael? <laughs> Forgive. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I see all kinds of change in your life, you know. I don't know if you bumped your head what you did. But you keep your head safe because we don't want you to bump it and go the other direction. Mama, you seen change in him? Yes. I have too. I have seen a lot of change in him. Yes. This morning, um, Anne told me she noticed a lot of change and she found it drastic. Who did? Anne. Amen. Anne, yeah. Amen. See, that's a good thing. That's called favor. That will open doors all through your life. Hmm? It's called favor. You don't. I mean, I understand sometimes, especially with the two of you, I understand sometimes you, the whole authority thing is a little aggravating sometimes. But listen, favor is better than having your way. Hmm? So I see that change in you, and I'm very proud of you. I'm a little hesitant to say I'm proud of you because sometimes kids get offended when I say I'm, a pr when I'm, say I'm proud. Oh, I'm doing, no, I ain't going to do nothing to make you happy. Hmm? <laughs> but I am proud of you. Because I see that change. And I'm not even around you that much. But I know this young man is not the same young man I used to know. Right. Stay on the right track. Yes. Why are you standing? 
Listen, you need faith. You sit back down. You need faith. Listen, I have all confidence in God. Look at me. This is my confidence. Some people might call it arrogance. They can call it anything they want to call it. You spend two minutes in my presence and I will change your life. Because I am confident of the Lord that is leading me and that is talking to me. Hmm? Can't no devil look me in the face. They will all bow their heads. Now, I gave you a word the other day. Sunday or so go. And as soon as I give you a word, you start bathing yourself in oil. That is a lack of faith. Now, young man, I love you. But without faith, you cannot please God. And if I say your life is going to change, if I say your problems are over with, it is said and it is done. And I don't have to get loud about it. So, yes, I do have attitude. It's just a question of whose attitude do I have. Yes. I think it might be that Jeremiah met me the other day at the mall. Hmm? So, what we get caught up in is, I, I'm, not, I'm not unsympathetic about what you're going through or what you think you're going through, but what we get caught up in is this fear. And we get caught up in, 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 in this paranoia. And we're always believing that, that something is against us and something is destroying us. And then we run from one religious thing to the next religious thing. Hmm? You have oil on you today? You, you, the oil don't work? Oh, hallelujah. At, at least you learned something. Yes. I'm telling you. Your life is blessed. Hmm? Can you receive that? Hmm? You have to believe that. And when you. And when you. In the night. Or when you're going through something. You have to trust in the Lord. When you have feelings. Or when you. Your, your mind gets to playing tricks with you. And that's what happens, right? Most of your dramas is in your head, right? When it starts doing that. And there ain't no shame. All of us can have those moments in our life. You've got to say, Lord, I, I know you're better than this. And if you, if you, do, if you do need some, some witness to it, then you would say, the prophet said I'm okay. Right? Now, everybody hear me. Sometimes I tell people, just, just say the prophet said I'm okay. Why? Because sometimes we don't have enough faith in ourselves to have faith in God. So I'm the confirmation Amen. that God loves you. He is changing your entire life. Amen. But you must believe it. Yes, you have a past. And yes, the past would try to kill you if it could. But if God says it can't, it can't. Amen. Amen. You receive that? That word is for anybody. Hallelujah. And hopefully, that was a demonstration of attitude. So have a blessed week whether you want it or not. <laughs>